Welcome to the Business Bookshelf podcast, where I interview business authors and talk about their newly released books. Today, I interview Hannah Ben Shaba about her book called Gen Z 360, Preparing for the Inevitable Change in Culture, Work and Commerce. Hannah is the founder of Gen Z Planet, a research and advisory firm that helps leaders across sectors and industries to prepare for the next generation of culture creators, employers and consumers. In this role, Hannah combines her passion for turning insights into a growth engine with a commitment to support the integration of the next generation into business and into society in general. So, as I said, Hannah is the author of Gen Z 360, Preparing for the Inevitable Change in Culture, Work and Commerce. Gen Zs don't play by the same rules or wait for permission. They don't stand for social injustice or splash cash with reckless abandon. They innovate, they influence, they side hustle, they disrupt. Their arrival is changing everything we know about culture, work, and commerce, and understanding who they are and how they think and behave will be crucial to educators, business leaders, and policymakers alike. Enjoy the interview. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you for fitting, fitting me into your, or us into your busy schedule. Um, Hannah, where am I speaking to you today? Where, where do I find you? At home in New York City. Is that in New York City itself? Yes. Wow. And uh, how is New York these days? Is it, is it busy? Um, has it returned to almost the same that it was before COVID? What is the situation there at the moment? We are trying. We are trying hard to go back to before COVID. It's hard, but I have to say, you know, when you walk on the streets, it does feel normal. And you know, maybe one big sign of returning to normal is that next week we're going to have New York Fashion Week, ah. and there's a lot of excitement uh, about that. So that's kind of another little signal that we are returning to normal. So yes, but of course, you know, it's in the background, the, the pandemic is still lingering, the Delta variant is raging, although New York numbers are looking better than the rest of the country. I think people are still very careful and very cautious in whatever they do. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And what do you like doing in New York? Before pandemic, going well, even, to theater. Even now, do you, do you go to the theater? theater what what to do you enjoy doing around? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it's New York is such a wonderful place because there's so much to do. And right now, I would say the things that I like most is walking along the Hudson River. Mm. And I find it very relaxing and kind of a little bit far away from everything that is happening. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are, my favorite thing to do is to go to the theater and those are not opened yet fully. So. Oh, I heard they were open. So not fully yet. Okay. <laughs> not everywhere. And you're not American. So where do you come from by your accent? Uh, originally, I am from Israel. Uh-huh. That's yeah, fantastic. I lived, in many, I lived in many places around the world, and I think I picked up a bit of an accent from everywhere, which makes my my accent a little bit unrecognizable. <laughs> it's the same with me. I've, I've got an international accent, I think. Anyway, Hannah, we're talking to you about your fantastic book, Gen Z 360, Preparing for the Inevitable Change in Culture, Work, and Commerce. And it's so important. And, um, you know, I've got two children as well that are going to enter the workplace one day. So 
Hannah, what led you to writing it? And can you give us a perp the, you know, brief overview of it and the purpose for writing it? Sure. So really, the it was a process to actually get to the idea of writing this book that took place over 20 years of career as a management consultant. And throughout my career, I saw many of my corporate clients wrestle with the rise of the millennials. And what I saw is companies that struggle to find effective ways to incorporate millennials into the workforce, as well as to address them as consumers who are looking for new products, new solutions, and new approaches. As a result, companies missed many opportunities and wasted a lot of resources because they were not fully prepared to this new generation that was very different than what they knew before. Mm. So when the first cohort of Gen Z came of age in 2016, I thought that we have a one-time opportunity to do something really different here mm. and learn from the mistake of the past and get things right from the start with this generation. And that was really the basis, not only for the book, but also for forming my company, Gen Z Planet. Mm. And, uh, and the objective was to give business leaders the insights and the, tool, the tools that they need uh, to connect with Generation Z. Mm. And, and normally, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Hannah. And the listeners of the podcast will know that I normally start with a background and the career uh, of my guests, but I think we'll get on to Gen Z later on in the interview, um, which is, well, thank you for mentioning it now. Um, so let's start with Gen Z. Uh, can you introduce us? What, what makes up the Gen Z? Why are they special? And, you know, what defines this generation? So Gen Z is everyone who was born between 1998 and 2016, and they have few distinct characteristics that have direct influence on how they will shape our culture. Mm. The first one is diversity. This is the most diverse generation. In the United States, 48% are minorities. Diversity is very natural to them. It's what they see every day in their homes, in their schools, in their communities. And therefore, it is a non-negotiable to them. This is what they expect when they come to the workforce. This is what they expect when they interact with brands. And this is what they expect from society. So they are really creating a culture of, a, of radical inclusivity. Mm. They want to see diversity, inclusion, respect, and fairness towards everyone, regardless their color, religion, sexual orientation, or gender expression. And probably one of the best um, manifestation of that is the role that they played last year with the Black Lives Matters. Yeah. Gen Z were the ones who were out there in the streets. And in fact, if you think about it, it was the Gen Zer who actually took the video of George Floyd. Wow. So this is, this is really a generation that cares so much about diversity. And I think that radical inclusivity is something that we're going to see more and more as more of them are growing up and, and you know, developing their own opinion and be, being vocal about what matters to them. Uh, the second aspect is no doubt is technology. This is the true digital native generation. They grew up in a world where they don't know 
an environment or a reality without a search engine, without a cell phone or social media. And growing up with technology and constant access to information means high exposure to the world around them and everything that goes in the world. And that exposure triggers questions and desire to take actions. And at the same time, with the technology in their hand, they also know the power of digital platform and how to mobilize people and get them to do something for a common cause. So they are increasingly involved, and I would say even drive the conversation on various issues like climate climate change, like Greta Thunberg. Yeah, I was going to mention people. Greta. Yeah, and you know there are so many examples of. That, that they are not only participating, but driving the conversation or driving a, a movement. And by doing so, I think what we are seeing is a generation that is fostering a culture of engagement and willingness to challenge authority and ask questions. And the third way in which they are influencing culture is the cultural products that they are creating. Gen Z, in my view, is spearheading a new age of creativity. And the cultural products that they are creating are basically a message that a cultural product can be created by anyone. And they don't want just to be a consumer of culture. They want to be the producer and the user. And we see the creativity everywhere on YouTube, on Instagram, on, and especially on TikTok. So they are, they really, if you like, democratize creativity to the point that some of them are making it a viable career path and, and a new model for entrepreneurship with influencers and, and content creators, et cetera. So to sum it up, really, I see three major ways that this generation affect culture. One is radical inclusivity. Second is engagement and willingness, willingness to challenge authority. And the last is the new age of creativity. And um, I've seen from my children, although they are young, I think they just fit into the Gen, the Gen Z because uh, six and nine. So they're really on the young end. But they... That's right. When they've got a, a phone, a mobile phone and stuff, they don't type in anything. Although they, the nine-year-old is just learning to, you know, type stuff. They they speak into, they speak to Siri, and if they're looking for something, they, you know, they <laughs> they just speak into. They don't even use a search engine anymore. They they just ask the phone for what they're looking for, and then they get the results. That's but, yeah. right. That's right. I, 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 the technology is. Uh, completely shaping a new ways of behaviors for, for them and for older generations. But for them, it's so much easy to adapt these new behaviors because they don't have before and after. Mm. This is yeah. just what they know. And is, it a, is this a generalization? But uh, you know, I did some searches on the 32 young activists who are changing the world, et cetera. Uh, you know, Greta, like you said, and most of them are girls. Do you, do you see that sort of girls are coming to the fore, uh, you know, uh, or is it equally among gender? Or is, it, you know, is it the rise of women in the Gen Z? Absolutely, absolutely. And you, we see that also here in the United States, you know, the, the one that are very visible, visible tend to be girls. It doesn't mean that boys and young men are not taking part but I think we see a 
we see girls are taking much bigger role than you have seen the previous generations. Gen Z, especially the older ones, and as you said, you you know you started Gen Z Planet because you you wanted to introduce um, employees into the workforce and to you know incorporate them better, and and so that's what I want to move on to now. What are the characteristics of Gen Z employees? What what should companies look out for? How should they approach them, attract them, train them, and retain them? So I would say the the three most important things for companies to know about Gen Z employees is one, don't conflate Gen Z desire to use technology in every aspect of their lives with not wanting to connect with other people. The truth is to the contrary. Gen Z crave personal connections and managers who are going to take the time to understand Gen Z, give them frequent feedback and create a sense of belonging, will be able to get much more from these ambitious newcomers. The second is the employee value propositions. Generation Z develop a reputation for being very money oriented. And it's not surprising. This is a generation that grew up during the 2008 recession and now is experiencing the the economic effects of COVID-19. And of course, compensation is very important for them. But it's not only about the money. For Gen Z, the, uh, the employee employer value proposition need to be much more rounded and much more all-encompassing because they are looking for additional things aside from the main, the base salary, if you like. Uh, one thing that is I find very interesting is that Gen Z rank health insurance and 401k and other typical uh, employer benefits, they rank that much higher than than compensation itself. But in addition to that, Gen Z want to know that they have a career path. They want to see what are the opportunities that a company can offer them over a time. They tend to be very loyal. They don't go to a company and say, oh, I'm just going to stay here for two years and then see what next, like the millennials do. They actually want to stay longer because securing their financial future is so important to them. However, they need to see why should I join you and stay here in in a long term. Therefore, communicating what is your value proposition around career paths and the opportunities that are open to them are going to be very important. And also Gen Z know that their education has prepared them to the workplace only to extend and that they will need more training and mentoring when they join a company to be able to fit in a 21st century workplace. Mm. And having access to inspiring leaders, having access to mentorship programs are very important to them. And last but not least, I would say a hyper-flexibility, which is schedule and location flexibility is going to be very important to this uh, generation. And um, the third, yeah. uh, the third <laughs> aspect of them as, uh, as, employer, as employees is their idealism. So Gen Z want to work for companies that do good in the world, in addition to delivering profits and shareholder value. 
and therefore crystallizing what is your company missions and taking actions that shows the impact that you make in the world is one thing that could make your company very attractive to Generation Z. Yeah. Thank you, Hannah. That's a, a lot of things to take in. Um, Hannah, you said right at the beginning that people, uh, Gen Zs, they like, um, they like interacting. Did you say it? Do you, do you say like they like social contact? Is that what you said right at the beginning? Yes. But I, I, when I see the Gen Zs around me, isn't it more like a virtual sort of connection and they're more into virtual worlds and playing, you know, e-sports e and games and that type of thing? That, that, so is that a misperception on my part? Are they, you know, that, that seems to be the world that they belong to as well. But you say they also like actually being in the same room and being in the same presence with someone else as well. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gen Z like personal connection. They like to be with their friends. They like to do things with other people. And I think especially in the workplace, they want to be able to be part of a team and talk to their and, and talk to their managers on a on a frequent basis. And it's not only I just want to sit in my own bubble and, and do things through my computer. Absolutely. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, you see my, my perception, that's why I'm speaking to you and reading your book, which is great. And the last thing about this is that I, I recently read a book called The Lonely Century. And it, I guess it talks about how people are, and it, I suppose it's it, it, it is part of the same question, that people are more lonely than ever. Um, are you finding that with the, the Gen Zs? Are they sort of a lonely um, generation? But, but you say that they're not really. Uh, I suppose this is a continuation of the previous question, really. Uh, do you see that as a problem, the loneliness, or, or not really? Yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think this is what makes this generation so complex because it's a generation that is full of contradictions, at least on the surface. Mm. So yes, they want that, they crave this human connection. But one reason for that is because, you know, they're that the very lonely generation. They do feel lonely because of of technology because of everything that's going on in the world, but it doesn't mean that they are lonely all the time or that because they are lonely, they don't want something else. And, and I think it's, you, you got to understand that this generation is both. Yes, they do feel, they do harbor feelings of loneliness and, and they and disconnect if you like but at the same time they want to break that and be part of of the world around them and have human connections and not do all their interaction through a phone yeah absolutely thank you hannah and just to remind everyone we're speaking to hannah ben shabbat and her book is called gen z 360 preparing for the inevitable change of culture work and commerce and so we spoke about culture and we spoke about work and now commerce, because, you know, this whole generation is going to be consumers. They're going to buy products that companies make, et cetera. So, Hannah, could you tell us a little bit about the Gen Z as, as a consumer segment? What, what effect will that have on the market? How do you reach out to Gen Zs? Do you have any insight on that? 
Sure. So I would say, again, Gen Z is a very complex uh, consumer segment, and therefore marketing to them goes beyond the traditional four P's of marketing that we all grow up with. Yeah. So this is a generation that values authenticity, individuality, and purpose, and they are looking for brands that can address these needs. Some of the tactics I mentioned in my book include, obviously, have a purpose, stand for something, do something good in the world, make sure that your products and advertising reflect the diversity of this generation, build a Gen Z community that you can tap into for insight, feedback, and collaboration, create inspiring content. As I mentioned before, this generation is super creative. They create great content on their own. So the bar on creativity is much higher for brands these days, both in terms of quality and quantity. And finally, deliver great experiences online and even more important, in stores. I always say that the more engaging the online world is, the higher the bar is for the physical stores. Because if it's much more fun to scroll to an Instagram feed, why would anyone go to a store? So I think kind of turning the store into an experience hub is going to be super important. But you really need to do all these things to attract and and turn this generation into your loyal consumers. Wow. Uh, I actually work in the customer experience world and it's, you know, it's always been there, but now it's becoming more important than ever before, like to deliver a Starbucks experience or interactive experience in a clothing store or something like that, you say. And yeah. So, Hannah, you mentioned at the beginning that you were a management consultant and then you saw the opportunity and you formed Gen Z Planet. When did you mm-hmm. form that company? Uh, that company Was it two or three years ago? And can you tell yeah, us a little bit about it? 2019. 2019, did you say? Yeah. Oh, okay. Happy. And how is it going? What, what does Gen Z do? Gen, Gen Z Planet so, do? Gen Z Planet, uh, Gen Z Planet is a research, speaking, and advisory firm. So we constantly research this generation to offer clients with fresh perspectives and insight. Uh, I do personally a lot of keynote speeches and podcasts and workshops with executives, especially HR and marketing executives, and help them to think through their strategies to address Gen Z either as employees or consumers, and do some consultings on the same topics uh, wherever needed. And the, the website is genzplanet.com. And if I can just take the listeners through, if, if they're in front of their computer or they have access to a computer, go to genzplanet.com. And, and then you've got blogs, you've got your keynotes that you can deliver, and you've also got blog and ideas. Um, what can they find if they, if they look at that particular page? You've got the past is not the past. Um, you sign up for the blog. What, what kind of blog input do they get from the, from that page? So basically, this is going to be, we actually just started it. And uh, from now on, on a weekly basis, okay. there's going to be a new blog that talks about hot topic that we see in the market with Gen Z. Uh, so the one that is going to come next week, for example, is going to be about Gen Z buying homes. And that's, Ah. I think, going to be super interesting because 
after so many years of the whole market complaining about millennials being so late for home buying, now we have a generation that wants to do it as quickly as possible and early wow. as possible. So I think it's actually creating a very nice, uh, if you like, contradiction to what we have seen so far in the market and just behaviors of, uh, of people and how they view a house. Uh, how to view housing and uh, how to view home ownership. Um, and then you also have reports on on your the Gen Z planet books and reports. And I see you've got one on stirred but not unshaken um, perspective reports coming soon. So you're also going to have a section there where you can look for reports and different information on the Gen Z planet website as well. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And what are your plans for the next year? Um, it's almost the end of the year. Can you believe it? Already September. Um, you're going to be continuing to market it. Do you have, are you speaking now? Are you speaking live at the moment or is it all virtual still? It's mostly virtual. I wonder when that's going to change because that, we'll see when that, when that happens. I think it's starting, it's starting slowly, slowly, but I think uh, most events offering the options that you either attend in person or you do it virtually because they understand that not everyone is actually comfortable traveling or comfortable staying in a hotel and so on and so forth. So I think they leave it to the participants to make that decision and they offer the events in either in person and and in, in virtual mode. Not everyone, some are still just believing that you know the virtual is a great way to do it and they will just continue to do virtual events. Yeah, I, I, I work in the Microsoft world, in the IT world, and all their events are virtual, but, you know, they're huge virtual events. And then they, they don't need to fly their, their staff around the world anymore because now they, they always used to fly their staff twice a year to the States. Um, and now yeah. they don't need to do that anymore. So the world has definitely changed in the virtual world that we live in. And, and that's yeah. why I'm talking to you, I guess, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for joining. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for taking your time. And thank you for writing this book. It, it helps me to understand my daughters better. It helps companies to understand the Gen Z uh, workforce. It helps companies to target, you know, or to reach out and, and make the loyal customers from the Gen Z segment and so you're doing such a great thing and your book is really, really fantastic. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Lance. So just to remind everyone, we, speak, we have been speaking to Hannah Ben Shabbat and she has written a book called Gen Z 360, Preparing for the Inevitable Change in Culture, Work and Commerce. And once again, her company is Gen Z Planet. I'll have all the links to the show notes and you can have a look there. And thank you. And I hope you, the listener, found this as interesting and useful as I did. I, I received a message on LinkedIn today to say someone had found the podcast and was really enjoying it. And so I hope you do as well. And if you do, then please tell your friends because otherwise they'll never know about the podcast and they'll never hear from Hannah and on my podcast. But so reach out, tell them all about it. And if you'd like to contact me, then please do. My email is lance.ideastorm.co.za. Website is www.businessbookshelfpodcast.com. Or you can go onto LinkedIn and find Lance Pepler on there. I'm always really, really happy to hear from you. If you're an author, send me your book. That's also cool. Um, and I will we'll, um, interview you. So thank you so much. 
And so Hannah, enjoy the rest of your day and week and year and stay well and stay safe. Thank you very much. Thank you.